Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome back to a long-awaited Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine Putney, and I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good evening. And Treg Wilson. Hello. So it's episode 381. We're going to be covering quite a bit of ground here. Uh, a lot has happened since our last episode. Uh, I went to sea for a few weeks. Um, had had some fun at sea. Played some games. And uh, Treg and Matt both, I don't know, what, what did you guys do, Matt? Shaved my beard off. <laughs> That's about all I've done. <laughs> no, I've been working a lot. That's about it. And uh, had to do CBRN training, and uh, now I have no beard, so it's making a it's making a comeback. Try giving bulking. Uh yeah, just bulking and uh, working and uh, family stuff. You know, doing all that stuff. Well, there you go. We're all caught up, and we'll move into the hockey talk. Um, all right, so we're we're going to cover quite a bit, and I want to start with something that just came out yesterday and that is a poorly translated google translate version of a hughes interview in which he talks about and i'm quoting from the habs on reddit uh photo i'm transcribing an interview with kent hughes so for now two interesting statements quote everybody wants mcdavid and Drysidle. we'd love to have them too but only two players have never won stanley cup by themselves end quote and the second quote, quote, do we need a star? Edmonton is at the bottom of the table with two of the biggest stars in the league, end quote. And then Habs Twitter melted down. So Google Translate sucks. Let's just start it off right there. Now, Treg, you, you had uh, some very interesting, colorful language before we started. <laughs> it wasn't that colorful, but uh, I just I, I hate when people take snippets of a of a uh, uh, a quote, right? It's not the full quote. It's not the full whatever he says, or even if it is just a, that is just a quote. They take it and turn it in and assume that someone's saying this or someone's saying that. So I read this, and right away I'm like, okay. You know, it probably wasn't the best worded way to answer this question, but he's obviously not saying we don't need superstars, right? What he's saying is Dreisaitl and McDavid are superstar, two superstars on one team, and that team still can't make it to the Stanley Cup. So it's not just superstars that you need on your team. You need a full, complete team that's complemented by superstars or the superstars are complemented by the team. Look at Carey Price when he was with Montreal Canadiens. He was the only superstar and he could only carry them so far because he didn't have the rest of it. Dreisaitl McDavid, they can only go so far, but without secondary, secondary, 
Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares. Toronto got four plus superstars, and they still can't because they don't have anything else, right? So basically, Ken Hughes is just saying, you know, you need an entire team. Superstar, you know, so he, nowhere in there did he say Montreal does not need superstars. All he's saying is it's not just superstars that help you win. That's all he's saying. But yeah. I don't know what the French, I don't know what the French one is. I don't know if you've seen it in French or not, Blaine. Uh, so I don't know. I've only seen the Reddit translation. I never saw the uh, the actual French quote, so I can't really say what it actually says. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's some people just, oh, who says something stupid like that? Like, yeah, that's well, exactly what he said. He said, we're yeah. building a team with no superstars to prove all you shitheads on Twitter are wrong. That's what he said. That is exactly what he said in French, yeah. word for word. Okay. No, I th- everything he said prior to essentially is what he was talking about in, in the Francophone interview. Um, this is why Google Translate is garbage. And you don't take snippets of something. And then Google translate it and say, that's what it was. Because that is not even the gist of what he was saying. What he was talking about was exactly what you're talking about. How a team does need to be supported. They need people to perform at high levels. But they need others to fill in the rest of the team. And you you nailed it. You look at Edmonton right now. What's their biggest complaint? That you know, Drysaddle and McDavid aren't scoring enough goals or man, wouldn't it be nice if the goalie made a save? It's kind of both right now. <laughs> it's true. It is. Yeah. But, but yes. they're not, yes. they're not the issue. It's the goaltending, right? So that's right. part of your team. If you're not building a complete team, you're not going to win. You look at all the teams that have won in the last 20 years and they're all complete teams. I think, St. Louis is the only team that didn't have a surefire, you know, high-end superstar. And Peter Angelo could maybe be in that category, but just on the outside. So you need star power, but you need depth. Yeah, for sure. And like like every team that's won the Cup in the last few years had depth with their – look at Pittsburgh. When Crosby and Malkin came into the league – they built around them. They had, all right, we got Crosby, Malkin, there are superstars. Then they got Latang. Then they said, all right, now we got three. Then they said, okay, instead of just getting plugs, granted, Malkin, Crosby, and Latang did do them favors with salary, but they filled in. You know, Mark Andre Fleury's the goalie, uh, another, you could say, superstar. Um, all right, now we need, they can't be our only scorers. We need guys to play with them that can score. We need, veterans that can help guide them we need you know top 4d not necessarily a number 1d but top 4d type players they filled it all in and they went on to you know really i wouldn't say there hasn't really been quite a dynasty but a team who can contend for 10 straight years is i guess you could call a dynasty in these days right and win two stanley cup two three they win three with crosby or two three I know they went to the cup and lost, and then they won the cup the next year, but uh, I wasn't sure how many they won two or three. And they went back to back. Right. So, yeah, that's that's how you do it. I mean, Chicago did the same thing with Taves and Kang. Uh, 
Los Angeles with Kopitar. They just built good, deep teams. And unlike the Deers, they didn't win. They were still contending to win. Yes, like they, yes. A, a big, wide window, giving them every, ample opportunity to make deep runs and try and win cups. And that's essentially what any team that's rebuilding is trying to do. You can get all this, all this skill, all this talent, but it comes down to also cap management, and that's where the depth comes in. Well, in Toronto's case, and again, I'm not shitting on Toronto. They paid their top four. They're going to have to pay more next year if they want to keep Nylander um, and Marner and Tavares. But they paid their top four, but then they didn't have enough money left over to pay anybody else. And this is why they were in the – and then they thought, well, we'll take – wow, Campbell's a really good backup in L.A. He had that really one great season. Let's bring him in. He's going to be the difference. No. Let's bring in Barzak. He had that great season in Carolina. No. Let's bring in Samsonov, another backup goalie. He had a great – because they could afford the backup goalie, right? They could afford that guy. They can afford the fringe top four defenseman. And I say fringe because, you know, or the aging veteran defenseman who had his time, like Giordano, and now he's, you know, he's coming in or Muzzin. Uh and that's the issue with Toronto. And in and, and Edmonton's case, it's just a terribly put together team. Really. It's just really badly put together. <laughs> and very, very poorly managed at the top. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like Woodcroft shouldn't have been the guy being fired. No, no, no. Me. Not at all. Well, he lost to his, he was the coach of the team that lost to San Jose. This is obviously all on him and has nothing to do with the the GM signing goaltender after goaltender and hiring coach after coach. It's totally not the GM's fault. They just wanted, honestly, it just seems like they wanted something new and they, what do they, what do they do? They put in Paul coffee behind the bench and they say, Oh, look at this this shiny veteran player that used to play for us and to try to take some of the media away. Now they've won a couple games and you know, the, the heat's off them a little bit, but I don't think it's, I think they're going to have to go on a little bit of a run to make things a little bit better. They also hired McDavid's McDavid's old junior coach. That's right. Yeah. And and McDavid even said it after the firing. Uh, Woodcroft did not lose the room. It was the players who didn't perform. Yeah. And and he's one of them. If you, he's what 40th in scoring right now or something like that. So dry saddles. When you're supposed to be the best, when you're supposed to be the best in the world, that can't happen. But Players have down seasons. Like it, it happens. Slow starts. It happens. Uh, I mean, we coming back to Montreal. Look at Cole Caulfield. He has what one five v five goal? No, no, he has no goals five versus five this year, um, and he's only had five all year. So, you know, what's up with him? What's Josh Anderson? I think I'm segueing into something oh. we were going to talk about. Yeah, there's the next one. <laughs> uh, has zero goal. You know, Kovacevic. Scored before uh, Josh Anderson did twice, twice, um, twice. Yeah, so yeah, yes. I will say this about Anderson: it's not like he's playing terrible. He's no, he's not getting chances. He he's doing everything he can. He's just either getting robbed, hitting the post, missing the net, or he's doing this backhand thing. You know how he used to come down the side and cut in. Now he's coming down the side and only slightly cutting in and then trying to shovel a backhand into the net instead of 
using his body to push around. I don't know if that's something he changed or, but I've noticed that the last few games that when he tries that, his move that he normally does, um, he doesn't cut in enough to try to take the, the, the forward hand shot. He just kind of cuts in and then, oh, defenseman's there. I'll just backhand it and hope it goes in. I don't know. but Yeah. I don't know what's going um, on, Josh. In. I don't know why Martin St. Louis keeps putting them in on the top power play and, and out in the last couple minutes of a game when they're behind by a goal when it's quite obvious he's not the guy to be out there. I mean, it's not like he's, like you said, he's, he's generating chances. He's there, but I don't know about the high percentage plays. Like he's not taking those. He's, he's trying things that are, he's doing things that are lower percentage, like that, that backhand shovel thing that you're mm. talking about, or, you know, just kind of zooming past the net instead of sticking there and trying for a dig for a rebound like a Gallagher would. It's little things that are just adding up to him not scoring there. Yeah, there's some bad luck involved, but and it's not like there's a lack of hard work on his part. He is working. It's just where is he putting the effort? Where is the work happening? Is it in the right places at the right times? And it seems like his timing is a little off. And he's not quite in the right spots. What do you think, Matt? I th- I think that uh, he's getting the chances. He's 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 creating, but again, he just doesn't have any finish. I think he's a goal away or a couple goals away from, you know, maybe taking off a little bit. But uh, the whole team is struggling lately. When you start off as well as what you did and and kind of turn some heads and said, oh, maybe Montreal might not be that bad this year. Hey, their power play is starting to click. Hey, this is starting to go well. Hey, this player is doing okay, et cetera. Um, and then all of a sudden you lose any of your last 10 games. Everyone's going to stop. You know, everyone's going to stop performing. It's just that you look at uh, Josh Anderson's cap hit and you look at what he can bring to the team. It's very easy to single a player like that out when other people throughout the lineup are struggling. Um but I do, I do feel that he's um, contributing. He's 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 getting shots. He's playing the body. He's he's doing the little things he needs to do. He's just not getting that finish. He's hitting the post. He's going to the net. He's he's yeah. he's doing the things you want to see from a uh, uh, you know a, a power forward player. He's just not finishing. And that could uh, be no, why Saint Louis has uh, started coaching. Uh, finishing moves around the net. Well, you well, saw him the other day bringing in the shooter tutor. Like you don't usually see that yeah. at the NHL level, but it's it's the things like that, and it's the things there's, there's those skill, um, the skill development, and those kind of drills that are going to resonate with the players not bag skates and stuff like that. Right. So again, to, to, to Anderson's point, he's, he's doing the right things. Um, we'll, if the, we'll see if the, like, I would be interested to see how he would be looking. If Kirby doc was still healthy. Yeah. Right. Well, so, but you could, you, you could even say that about Slavkowski. Yes. Kirby doc was yes. still healthy. I don't think Slavkowski's game would have teetered off like like it did. Like we have to admit, Slavkowski in his first five to seven games played really good hockey. 
got the assists in the Toronto game. Even with Doc out, he still played good. Right. Uh, but then he had a period of about three or four games where he looked lost out on the ice. Like it was literally, like it was the, the, the send yeah. him to Laval crowd was out in full yeah. force. Yeah. And I was about to join them. Cause I was like, you know what? Maybe he should. And then all of a sudden, and I think it's because now I just wrote, I wrote an article about this. Martin St. The Canadians want Martin St. Louis to coach Slavkowski. Uh And if you haven't noticed, and a lot of people have during practices, there's a lot of one-on-one time with Martin St. Louis and Slavkowski. Um, And he was out for the shooter tutor. And then uh, friggin had that goal against uh, Boston there where he ripped it right yeah. over the, the shoulder. Um but with it, and and I could we can honestly say now Slavkowski's kind of picked up for Anderson the last few games because he, he's picking up points he he's doing what Anderson should be doing just on a, a on a uh, less minutes I guess on the ice and I think that's where the argument lies why is Anderson still getting PP one time and time at the end of the you know if they're down by a goal or two time at in the last five minutes when you have Slavkowski over here who's doing everything you're asking him to do, you know, putting up with all the pressure of the media and the fans. And now he's starting to produce, you know, why don't you have him out there? Yes. I get, it's a confidence thing. And I get Marty saying, I'm putting Anderson out there. Cause if he gets that goal, that's going to change his whole trajectory for the next four or five, six games. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, I, I, that's what I see. I see it. He's like, he knows Anderson can score. And if he can just get that one big goal in, it's really going to boost them. And it, it maybe we'll see four five, six goals. Um, but what about, what about uh, Sapkowski? Why don't you give him the chance to get that big goal so he can. Well, with a couple of the that, teams that are going to be thought. playing next uh, with, uh, with Anaheim, with San Jose and with Columbus, we might see some tweaking to the lines. We might see some more offensive output, or maybe these players play with a little bit more confidence knowing they're playing against a weaker team. Right. They did play six of the last ten games against top NHL right. teams. Yeah. So. And and in a few of those games, they highly performed, but the finish wasn't there because of whatever reason. Most of them being penalties. But it's uh, it's surprising to see that you can perform as well as you can against Boston and pick up a win, and then at home and then all of a sudden you play on the road against them and you look like a you look like a completely different team i know yes there was some players that weren't in the lineup but even then the the it was like it was night and day same with vegas they got two points out of yes. vegas games one yes. they probably should have won and one they probably shouldn't have won right or shouldn't have even gotten a point but right. they still picked up two points against vegas who's a very good team this year absolutely um but again, you're right. And and I found in this past 10 games, it'd be a great game. And then who is this team? The yeah. next game, they couldn't, they couldn't string a, a two or three really good games in a row. Right. Uh, it was just like good, bad, bad, good, good. Okay. You know what I mean? Like it was, it wasn't, they're not consistent enough, but, and that's what you got to live with when you're on a rebuild team, especially a rebuild team with key injuries. Yeah. Um, but you look at it, but you look at uh, say since that win, against um what was it since uh winnipeg i believe it was yeah they 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 beat winnipeg and then all of a sudden they had the shootout loss and then from then on in they picked up the two wins um 
one being uh one being against Boston and the other being against Detroit, both in both in uh overtime. So they're 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 picking up points, they're they're giving points to other teams as well, but you need to see you need to see something. You need to see some sort of spark. You need to see the team. They need a they need a five two win. They need a, t- a game where they just played well the entire game and they didn't have to fight for an extra point. They have two regulation wins. Two. Yeah. Last yeah, and that's league. a part of the problem. Yeah, and they've only uh, there's only been what one game where they've outscored their opponent by more than one goal. Yeah, or something like that. And I was like, I think it was against Buffalo. Well, I think you can kind of look at their entire season just in four games. So the two games against Vegas and the two games against Boston. The first two games against those two teams, Vegas and Boston, the Vegas game, it was one of those games where they played probably their best game, best hockey of the year. Right. But they didn't win. And then they go up against Boston and they, they play inspired hockey and pull out an overtime win against a team that, really should have beat the snot out of them. Right. And then they go back and they play these two teams again. This time Vegas, they cough up a lead and lose in overtime. And in Boston, they get completely spanked. Yeah. That's their season in a nutshell. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they suck. And sometimes they're kind of in between where they can really compete. Right. But they don't have what that last little bit. Like you guys were talking about – um they need that five, two win where they dominate from start to finish. And you're right. I think that's more for confidence wise than anything else, or, and maybe just to prove that they can. Cause at this point, I don't know if they know that they can play a game like that or not. Yeah. Well, they are. It, it just se- Go ahead. It, it just seems like they can't hold a lead. Yeah. But then again, they can't, they're, they're good at not letting the other team hold a lead either. Like it's one way or the other. They're either, Hey, we're up by three. Oh, we lost. Or yeah. oh no, we're down by three. Oh, we won. Right. You know, like it seems like their wins are always down and come back to win it, and their right. losses they're always up. And then the other team comes back and they lose it, and it just doesn't really. It, with the odd, this team just spanked them like New Jersey and Boston. Um, you know, uh, but there's never a game where they spanked the other team. There's never a game where you knew right from mid second period that all right Montreal got this game they're up 4-1 you know what i mean like they got this yeah uh, every team, game's like yeah as a ahead. team i don't think they've they uh, as a team i don't think they've learned game management yet yeah and and i mean going back to the anderson thing is martin st louis having a problem with game management um, is he putting the wrong players out at the wrong time? Is he not, you know, like I, I get sometimes when he puts Evans out with Suzuki or Dvorak out with Monaghan because he wants two centers. He wants two centers for the draws uh, late in the game so that they get possession of the puck. And it's just easier to keep that player out there as they're cycling the puck around. I get that. I get, I, I get that. Right. Like I get, Sorry, Sokoski, you're not going out because I want two centers out there. Or Yelonen, you're not going out. But then you look at guys like Sokoski and Lonen, and you think, okay, Pearson's doing nothing. Uh, Anderson's doing nothing. Well, he's not doing nothing. But, I mean, Monaghan's in a bit of a slump right now. Uh, Gallagher's not really doing anything lately. Let's give the Yelonen and 
And Slavkovsky, now he is with Slavkovsky. Slavkovsky's time's going up. He's getting first-line minutes. He's getting second-line minutes. He's he's playing. He's, he looked good with Monaghan against Boston there. Yeah. Um, so they are with him. But Yelonen had that two-goal game, and he had the least amount of ice time in the entire game. And then the next game doesn't get any much more ice time. Right? Uh, except uh, I think there was an injury or something, and he did get pushed up to, to the – oh, no, he got pushed up to the line with Monaghan. So he did. He did get pushed up. But uh, when push came to shove, he got pushed back down again. My issue with and the then, lineup – go ahead, sorry. I thought you were No, done. but I, I think I think the whole um, graduating thing – like you, you mentioned, Treg, uh, ice time. Yeah, Yelona had two goals. And, yes, I think he deserved more ice time in the next game. But it's not necessarily just because he scored a couple of goals. It's the things you do it's his overall away play. from the puck, too. But yeah, but his overall play yeah. has been very good. That's why I, yes. I, I use the two goals as an example. But yeah. if you look at Yelona's overall play and a guy like maybe Pearson, and Yelona's playing better than Pearson is. Like, I get he's the veteran. So he should be playing more than Pearson. Uh, now, again, I like Yelona and Monaghan and Slavkowski. I like that line. Right? Uh I'm a Dvorak. I'm. I'm going to say this. I, I'm kind. Of, I like Dvorak. I like what he brings to the game. I, I don't think he's as bad as everyone thinks he's in. I think he's a solid third line center. Um, but it's putting the right players with him to be. But it's putting the right players with is, him. is to be like a shutdown, more of a shutdown line. Um, don't right. expect him to go out there and be the offensive catalyst that you're looking for at center. It's not going to happen. And I, I find that. Um, since Docs went down, and even since Harvey Pernards went down with his injury, it's okay. Who are we gonna put on whose line? Um, New Hook, New Hook has been, you know, hot and cold, mostly cold. Um, and it seems that the solution is well, this person isn't going, or we want to get this person going, so let's put him with Nick Suzuki, or let's put him with Cole Caulfield, or something like that. And I think that it's bringing down those players having to not necessarily carry those players, but to have those players on their lines. I, I think you're right. I think you have the nail on the head there. The problem is, is you're breaking up Suzuki and Caulfield to make more offense on different lines, but there's no one that can match up with them. That's going to help them. Yeah. It's uh, like now and, that you, now that you have, not that they up. were working great together at the beginning, yeah. but if you kept them there long enough, I'm sure they would have found their game again. Right. Right. Like now that you've got Dvorak back and you can have a guy that's say your third line center, take Monahan, a guy that's known a little bit more for his offensive game, or at least a two way game and put him with your next best forwards. Yeah. Right. I, I get, I get trying to, uh, to kind of um, distribute the wealth and everything like that. But like, you look at the fourth line even, and that's with Yelona on it, or even with Armia on it, and how they're generating chances. Right? So if you're if 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 you can get any any sort of uh any sort of contribution from your bottom six, we'll try to make yourself a second line. I know that we we had one or we had the thought of having one when the year started, but four periods into the year that went away and it's not like you're going to make a trade right now with the state that the team's in and you're not going to uh you know it's not like you're probably going to pick up a guy on waivers that's going to help you at this point in the season so whatever um 
whatever solution they have is, is going to be in that locker room and it's going to be behind the bench and the decisions that are made. So if you can give Monahan the right players, if you can give Dvorak the right players and you can give um, Jake Evans, the kind of players that he needs to be an effective fourth line center, you might see a couple more W's. You might see a little bit more offense, but right now just pairing the next player up with your star players isn't, isn't doing anything. It's, it's just dragging the team down. I, I think the issue is they're looking for someone to play with Caulfield and Suzuki Yeah, because they're not clicking right now. So no. they're looking for that guy that's going to help them click. The problem is, is no one's helping them to click. Like nobody is ready to step in there. We knew Anderson wasn't going to work because he never worked last year. And the problem right. with it is they went, Anderson's not working. All right. We're going to put who was RHP. It? RHP. I think so. Yeah. He's not working. All right, we're going to go back to Anderson. He's not working. All right, we're going to go back to RHP. I'm like, whoa, whoa, like. Yeah, Slaff had a little bit of time. You lower he had like from two ships. games, I think. Yeah, he had a, yeah, and, and I mean, it's just stick with it. Say, all right, Nick Cole, you're staying together. Work it out. And you know what? We're putting Slaff, or we're putting right. Yelonen, or we're putting right. Newhook, or whoever with you. Work, get it done, or. Right. But say fuck it, let's make one line like we did last year. Monahan, you're going to wing. You're playing with Caulfield and Suzuki. New hook. Guess what? Better learn how to win faceoffs. Right. You're going to be you know our what? second I, line. And, and you know what? I could have seen something like that happen if Doc wouldn't have got injured. But as soon as that happened, it took that whole dynamic of of being able to possibly use Monahan in that role, or even as right. a winger with Doc and having that uh, that helper center on his line. It, it totally took that away. But with Dvorak back, and if Doc was healthy, yes, you could have mostly yeah. said, hey, Monaghan, you're on the top line, buddy. Like, right. here you go. Right. You know, Doc's, we're sticking Doc, Slaff, and Newhook together. They're playing yeah. well. Yeah. Monaghan, you're on that top line. And then Dvorak, you're with Anderson and Gallagher or whoever. Yeah, well, we've right? seen well, we've seen what a healthy Monaghan can do. And we've seen even what he's done yeah. to uh, to help the power play. You know, maybe he just needs to be with those guys but at this point it's not going to happen because you don't have those uh you don't have those players you don't have the health to um distribute players like that throughout the lineup right now no i, I no, just you don't and I with monahan have... he's so monahan's doing well in that top six role so far uh he's showing himself well he's he's actually playing uh, getting the best out of slavkovsky at the moment so i like that pairing uh and you're right there's just not enough next man up types yeah. for the canadians at the moment yeah. um yelonen like treg you mentioned yelonen i thought why isn't he getting more opportunity he's got the shot uh he, he could be used on the power play as well that shot of his would be able to open up space for caulfield and his shot because now you have two shooters that you have to tee up on so that could improve the power play. Why not Slavkovsky instead of Anderson? Like, why not? Why not Yelonen instead of Anderson? Like you just said, he frees up. Yeah, you got two sh two excellent shooters, right? Because everyone knows, or at least everyone thought, because that's how their power play is improving. Because they kind of switched it up. They're just going to go to Caulfield. They're just going to go to Caulfield. They're just going to go. But now they're using Caulfield more as a decoy. If he gets open, they send it to him. But if they don't, he's more of a decoy. And I think this is why uh, Caulfield's numbers are a bit down, especially goal scoring, because they're using him more as a decoy to try to generate a goal from somebody else. 
which makes sense because that's who everyone's looking at. It's not like how Ovechkin disappears and just shows up to get the goal on the power play. I have no idea. Because if I was the coach of the other team, I'd have someone like literally sitting on him the entire time. It'd be a four on three power play the entire time. <laughs> you know, True. so uh, <laughs> like that would I'd be, be like my you. Plan. I'd be like you. See Ovechkin, you're going to gee Carbono Ovechkin like Carbono did with Gretzky in the '93 Stanley Cup Finals. You know, like you're going to be a shadow. <laughs> I don't care where he stands; you're standing next to him. I don't care what's happening elsewhere on the ice. <laughs> But uh, I and I don't know. So I mean, we have guys that should be getting Suzuki and Caulfield. I don't think are playing great hockey. Uh, I I mean, you can look at their numbers and say, oh, they're almost a point per game player. I even argue sometimes that on Twitter. But in the end, I don't think they're playing great hockey. They're not. Uh, you know, they like, they can give more. They can absolutely that, give more. That's what I'm saying. They can absolutely give more. There's there's no reason Caulfield only has five now, unless his shoulders causing him problems with his shot because he is, he has missed the so. net a few times but he leads the team in shots so it's not like he's not shooting by a wide um, margin yeah so he's just not putting it where he wants to put it every time and whether that's he's not getting a lot of quality passes either i if you watch the games a lot of the passes to him for his one timer which is his bread and butter it's in his skates it's tapping off a stick. It's a little bit behind him. It's a little bit ahead of him. He has to adjust. And by the time he adjusts, someone's there. So, or the goalie's in, in position. So, again, that goes with matching him up with a player. And everyone knows Suzuki's going to pass it to him. So, they're taking Suzuki's pass away. And uh, that's right. Wh- whether you're five on five or the power play, everyone knows if Caulfield's on the ice with Suzuki, Suzuki's going to try to get him the puck. And, uh, I don't know. They have to find another player who can come in and just confuse the other team into something. Maybe after Christmas of Joshua Wah, maybe you bring him up and say, hey, can you change this? Well, there's a maybe. lot of people now, that are on social media right now saying that he should have been the one to get the call up when, uh, when, uh, when Harvey Pinard went on uh, the IR. I say keep him where he's at for now and let him cook in the I think AHL. So I think so, too. I think um, it's the right I'm just, But I'm just saying, if you're getting desperate and you're like, you know what, let's bring this guy up for a couple games, yep. see what he can do. If but he make sure makes... when you – but you do it in a role that he's going to be playing in. It's not, Correct. hey, let's put this guy in the bottom six. What can Wad do with Caulfield and Suzuki? Yeah. Yeah, and I think he'd be the perfect fit in the long term, but this yeah. season I don't think is the time to – to, to bring him up let him play the whole year i agree I'm, i agree i'm just saying uh, i know yeah but I find and, it and, and for, the, and for the people listening that also said that if you're going to call up a defenseman it should have been mayu same situation keep oh, mayu where, keep, I wanna, keep this call up, this call up. Well, right. i want to finish on Roy first before we start talking about the actual yeah. call up and that's i find it kind of odd that the people who want Slavkovsky sent down to the AHL are the ones that are demanding that the WAG gets right. called up. Right. So there's no consistency there. It's just, oh, he's not playing good. Yeah, get rid of him. Oh, yeah. he's playing good. That, it, Call him up. But the thing and is, I if brought, you take if you that up, Raw up too. and you put Slavkovsky down, he's going to be playing exactly where Raw was right now. Exactly. Right? So. <laughs> And, and, so, and my, uh, my point is, you're, you're arguing Slavkovsky is not ready for the NHL and needs to be developed well, but you want to bring up Waugh, who's developing well in the AHL, so you can not have him develop in the NHL. Right. Like, yeah. 
I, I don't get the logic the, there. I don't understand it either. Like, if it was someone that's saying, "Hey, I want everybody in Laval, unless they're you know like keep the veterans and send all the young guys back," that at least that would make sense, you know, logically. They're following a certain path. Yeah, but this there, there has up to and be down based on. There has to be uh, more injuries and more desperation at this point, I believe, um, before we see a guy like Wah yeah. come up. As I think that uh, keeping him where he is right now and and is is the best thing. And now that they've lost uh, Leah Anderson as well to an injury, mm-hmm. I think it's a uh, long a long term injury, yeah, six to eight I, weeks. Yeah, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna keep him there. Yeah, Emil still out. And, yes, and Anderson yes. would have been the perfect call. Up. Anderson or Heineman would have been the perfect calls up for those injury yes. situations. Yeah. So if I will say this, if Montreal gets more forward injuries, you're going to see Wall at some point because they're going to have to call him up. It's not going to be a yeah. matter of, and it could be an RHP situation where he comes up and just very well could smokes be. it because there's nobody yeah. else. But let's we don't want to get to that. We don't want to get to that situation. We don't want to get to that situation. Yeah. yeah. Now, on the actual call-up that happened as we record today, the 20th of November, Jaden Struble gets the call to join the Canadians with Jack Eye out uh, in in quotes, day-to-day. So however long that day is, we don't know. Um, yeah. I well, remember it won't be this week because he's not traveling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember the start of the season, the big argument was, do we keep, you know, jeez. Uh, the the defense the, the, the uh oh man I can't remember his name I had it there Norlander. for a second I forgot his Nor- Norlander? Norlander yes yeah, Norlander. Norlander God what had a brain fart there so everyone wanted Norlander kept on the lineup and they sent him back so they felt that he had earned the first call up now Struble's the one that gets it I think Struble's outplayed Norlander and I. I know everyone wants Mayu as well, but I think it's more on style of play. Exactly. You don't want to be pushed around as much. And with Jack Eye out and with uh even with Harris, have he hasn't been playing the best hockey and I, and he's been battling injuries as well. I think it's um a guy that um you, you know what you're getting. But I think that he's going to be hungry when he or when he gets that opportunity. I think people have overlooked his offensive ability as well. He's got six points in his twelve games in the AHL. Yeah. He's generating a ton of transitional plays. He's, you know, controlled zone exits. He's keeping mm-hmm. the puck in the zone offensively. If he, if he can just be a smart player, and when he gets yeah. that opportunity, which I can see it happening on this trip, he's with the team. If he can just make the smart play, play the minutes he needs to play keep the puck out of his zone as best of his ability. He's doing what he needs to do. He doesn't need to be go out there and be the guy putting the puck in the net or anything like that, or be a, uh, a Jack guy substitute and drop the gloves just, just because et cetera. He just needs to go out there and play a smart game. Um, we're seeing his game develop um, with that kind of untapped um, offensive potential. He is more of a defensive defenseman, but I'm kind of yeah. hoping that, with some extended time in Laval playing in a top four role that perhaps his game will kind of develop kind of like the way William Trudeau's is right now. Got another guy that was, uh, that was directly like, obviously with more of a physical edge, but um, kind of developed that way. Like we saw how Trudeau played um, during the rookie camp and I'm kind of hoping that uh, 
you bring in a more defensive style, put you through the boards type defenseman that can play at least a little bit of a two way game. Yeah. So he, and he he, got, he brings that element oh, that Jack I was bringing. Yes. Right, Trey. You're saying. Well, what I was I was going to say, you're, we're missing the point that David Savard's missing as well. So you have yes. two big guys who yes. can hit, who can you know, put you through the boards type mentality and really no one filled in for Savard. I guess Jack guy was doing the best he could. Well, like Um, we've seen it a little bit in Gooley, but that's not what you want him out there doing. Like he's, he, you want to see him more on the offensive side or say a two way side. He can throw the hit. He can do this, but you don't want to see him out there. Staying back in in the two, in in the the, two physical stuff. Let's just say that. Right. But uh, Jaden Struble and my, well, first of all, you got to look at William Trudeau and Mayu's kind of career start in the Laval, which wasn't good. Neither one of them had a right. good start to their career in the pro league. Mayu's just coming around now. I think Mayu had all of his eight points in his last ten games. Yeah, it took him so, a while to get uh, going, but he's starting yeah, to get going because yeah. he had nothing his first six, seven games, like zero points. Right, and and now he's he's on fire right now. And he was like a minus nine in his CFL. Right, right. Oh, he was he was just terrible. Right. Um, Trudeau had a very slow, slow start as well, um, but not necessarily um, as to the to the point as slow as Mayu. But he's been very inconsistent and been very whatever. Struble has been consistent the entire year. Yeah. Uh, he's not the guy they were looking at to score them big goals. He was not. He was the guy the two way the two way defenseman. He's not going to hurt you on offense, but he's really going to step it up on defense. And uh, uh, that's why I think Struble earned this call-up. And Norlander's done nothing in Laval. Norlander had that great camp in Montreal, got sent to Laval, and he's pretty much done – I think he has one point. Yeah, uh, in, yeah in, he's in one Laval. or two, yeah. But you know what? I think that might just be a confidence, a confidence thing for him now because he might have felt that he did enough to be there. And now it's like, well, I did what I could – um, I'm sure he's looks at social media as well, and 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 here's what people are saying. But and, who and, is he going to overtake? Who is he? Who is he? Who is going to sit down in Norlander's place? That's that's what you got to look at. Well, I'm it's sure. more of a yeah. it's the it's the more of the you know the extra defenseman spot even like, yeah. but it's hard to say. It's hard to say like because uh, Harris maybe you can look yeah. back yeah. hindsight you can look back and say yeah Harris I mean. In my opinion, I think Harris is having a terrible year. He is. Uh, maybe it's he injuries. Is. Maybe it's whatever. Uh, Barron's really stepped it up since he got put in the lineup. He was that extra defenseman. Uh, and I thought during the preseason, because Barron had a terrible preseason. He did. Like he, usually, but, he usually does. <laughs> but when he stepped on the ice for the actual games, he stepped it up. I mean, if you look at all the advanced stats, uh, Gooley, Jacki, and Barron are the top three Canadian defensemen's analytically yeah right and jack eyes ghoulies way up here then you got jack guy then you got then you got baron and then matheson is near the bottom and then you got right right but i mean matheson's basically patry 2.0 we've been saying that since he got here um he's just a little bit more offensively gifted but he's going to have one of those games where he's ray bork and another game where he's phil bork so you gotta you gotta live with that um, but for me, I think Struble was the right call. I think he's the one that deserved it. He's the one that's been playing the 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 hard game. He's been the bigger, badder Kovacevic of the AHL, if that's a good comparison, because he's just been a steady two way 
yeah. two-way defenseman. Yeah. I also think that there's another reason behind the call-up that's he's he's played college with Jordan Harris. They've been a pairing before. So if you put them together on a third pairing, you move Lindstrom out, you put uh, Struble with Harris, maybe it it sparks Harris again. And either way, they're playing on a third pairing. The familiarity alone should make them effective. And that's that's probably the best um, spot to place a call up in. Like that's he is set up for success at that point. He he knows the person he's playing with. He has chemistry with them. It's in a role a, a bottom a bottom pairing role that the two young defensemen can you know do well in because they're not going to be up against the top lines. Right. And, and, let, and let's be honest, Sturbel's probably destined to be a bottom pairing defenseman in the NHL. More anyway, than likely. Like, more than likely. More than likely with with maybe top four potential. Uh, so it's not like you're not putting him in a spot where he probably won't be anyhow. Uh, it's like you look at Jack Eye. I look at Jack Eye as a bottom pairing defenseman with top four upside. Because um, he's not, once everyone develops, he's not going to be ahead of Hudson, Reinbacher, Gooley, or Barron at this point in time um, in the future. So. Yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm happy with the call up. I agree, Joshua Watt does not need to be brought up to the interview. However, I'm going to bring this up. Everyone's forgetting about another guy on that team. His name is Brandon Gignick, and he's kicking ass down in Laval, and nobody's talking about it. Just saying. I was going to say yeah, Sean Farrell, yeah. but he's but he's 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 getting uh, he's getting great chemistry right now with Joshua Watt. And. Gegnick, who's the yeah. center of the Joshua right. Wash on Farrow line. That line's probably the best line in the AHL. Right. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, they're lighting know, it up. Yeah. 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 And that's more reason to keep all those young guys down there together. They're they're playing well. They're getting top minutes, power play minutes, penalty kill minutes. They're going up against the best defenders in that league, which right. isn't there there's there's no slouches there i mean this is right. the uh, well look at the look at just, look at just a, a few nights ago they were playing belleville they were down i think four nothing came back and won that yeah. game right yeah. so and, and laval if we're being honest is not having a great season this year so no they're not it's not like well they had a trash start but the the last week and a half two weeks they've really stepped it up they've started playing more to the the level that people expected them to play Yes, uh, they they played really well, and uh, well, I'm not gonna say really well, but I mean your defense and goaltending was an issue. Jo- uh, Jacob Dobish seems to have found his game. He's been he's been playing a lot better between the pipes. Uh, I don't think you were going to get much from Man to begin with, but uh, he was just there to be their backup anyway. Um, but. Don't sit on Brendan. I'm telling you, don't sit on this Brendan Canning. And you could have a whole line that could come up next year and be the third line of Montreal. Who knows? Mm. Who knows? Eh, I, I pretty much could guarantee that he will not be a regular in the NHL. But, hey, I've been Ooh, wrong Gignick. many times before. Just ask my wife. Gignick's going to be the next dry sidle. You heard it here first. <laughs> I, I think Gignick's going to be one of those really good, good AHL players who's going to get his cup of coffee in the NHL and see what happens. 
Yeah, the Canadians have had a few of those guys over the years where they get called up, they do fairly well, and then they they move on so they can get a better chance somewhere else. And and that's fine. You want that turnover, especially yeah. at the AHL level. Um, but before we end the show, I wanted to ask you guys one question, and it has to do with the rumors that are flying around. And we, we talked about Edmonton and goaltending at the start, and that's the rumor. The Oilers are looking at the Canadians' goaltenders. And right now, the, the people are leaning towards, well, Elliot Friedman mentioned it on 32 Thoughts. He believes that Jake Allen is more than likely to be the guy that they would go after. Now, if the Oilers do go after Jake Allen, what do you think the Canadians are going to be able to get or try to get, Matt? Who knows? Who knows at this point? Honestly, I have no idea. I really don't. A lot of people are going to be like, "Oh, well, you're going to have to bring a goaltender back. You're going to have to bring back Jack Campbell." If 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 the Montreal Canadiens are bringing back Jack Campbell, the way that he's playing right now in that contract, which I believe is another four years at a five million dollar cap hit, yeah. you stay away. You stay away if if that's what Ken Holland is starting uh, the negotiation with, unless it's top prospects, first round picks. Heavy on top of that, you stay away from that like it's the plague. Uh, right. I'm going to suggest something because it was brought. I noticed it today on from Habs or friends, Habs fans, or what are they called? Uh, HFTV now. HFTV. Uh, that Edmonton is now looking into Montembeau as of today. That was brought up by Elliot Freeman too, I believe. I'm just trying to. Oh, here it is. Here, yeah. Um. Yeah, Elliot Friedman, coordinator Elliot Friedman, the Oilers have demonstrated interest in Primo and Montembeau and have requested clarity on Montembeau's contract extension negotiations. So, yes, it was Allen. Friedman did mention Allen on 32 Thought, but now he's, I think he's covering all his bases. I don't really think he knows yeah, who's going. Tires. He's just mentioned all three of them. Um, but a return for personally, I don't think they're going to get a high return for any of their goalies. Maybe at best a second round pick, maybe. Um, but Matthews knows that Holland's kind of desperate right now, so uh, he may get that in a prospect, or maybe there's going to be more in the trade. Maybe somebody else goes over there in the trade, and uh, I don't know if they have any players on Edmonton where they can take money back, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I I know there was interest in uh, what's Xavier Borgo was Borgo or uh, yeah yeah I know Montreal has interest in him uh, but I think that's going to take a little bit more than Allen or Montembeau or Primo to get him uh, out of Edmonton but uh, well who knows well there's there's fire yeah exactly there's definitely tire kicking going on there there might be something going uh, in the works. But if the Oilers are to make a, a trade at all, they only got $1.1 million in cap space. So if it's Allen that they want, who makes 3.8, salary has to come back to Montreal. Well, and, and, and that's just it. Now, if it's Montebo or Primo, they don't need any salary because they're both a billion or below. So tough to say. Well, Montebo, yeah, Montebo's a million. So that would just slide them in just under. So yeah, yeah that would make sense. Um, but with Stuart Skinner, they'd probably want a little bit more veteran leadership. So, yeah, Allen makes sense there. Either way, I think Borgo is the guy that the Canadians would try to get back, and they would have to take some salary back too, just to make it even up. Yeah, 
but that's that's a good possible trade deadline move. Or sooner. I think that's going to be. I think that's going to be within the next few weeks. I think we're going to find out. Yeah. Because Edmonton, what do they get? Stuart Skinner and who's their backup now? Some guy from the Calgary. Oh, he's you know he's so. got. But uh, you know what? I'd take Campbell back if I were Montreal. Not a chance. Uh, oh, how many years? Wait, how many years he got left? Like four. four. Oh no, never mind. Forget yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking he only had one or two. My bad. Yeah, he signed through twenty six, twenty seven. Nope. At a five million dollar, a five million dollar hit. That's going to be their anchor to bear. Um, but yeah, so there, there's definitely something brewing there. It'd be nice to see happen. There might be a Christmas, uh, a Christmas miracle where the Canadians actually get the the player they want. Dry settle, dry settle for Allen straight up. And a fourth round pick. <laughs> yeah. you know what? I'll, I'll throw I'll, I'll throw a player out there because he's been playing well in Bakersfield and I don't believe that he's uh he's really been given too much of an opportunity in Edmonton and that's uh Raphael Lavoie. But I don't his think name, but his at, name but was at, brought up too. But at the same time I don't believe I don't know if he'd be the right move at this point, but you never know. It's another it's another project that uh, yeah. Hughes would it would uh, be an it would be another one, right? So and and I think yes and no. I think New Hook's a bit of a failure right now for project trades. I'm not. Uh, well, right, I wouldn't. I go say that right far, now. But... I say right now. Yeah. We'll have to wait for but a season the... full of doc. But you, but you mentioned Lavoie, and we know for a fact that he wants he wanted to be in Montreal. He wanted to be a Montreal Canadian. Like right. we talked to him that draft year. Right drank a couple beers with his old man. Like he wanted to be there. So uh, you look at this year, he he did very little in Edmonton, but he didn't get a lot of ice time. But right. now that he's down in Bakersfield, like you said, Matt, he is lighting it up. What yeah. is it? Uh, four goals in five games or something like something that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So And, then, and you, yeah, and you also he... have to look at the goaltending situation that they have in Edmonton. They've got Oliver Rodrigue, who's playing very yeah. well in Bakersfield. And... Um, but they're not they're not going to use they're, they're like right now they're going to they're going to do what the kind of what the Canadians did when they put Keith Kincaid down he was taking games away from players that should have been playing yeah. and they they're, they're going to do the same thing with Jack Campbell but Jack Campbell's making 5 million dollars so I can see why you want to get this guy going but if they're high on Rodrigue for the future then a Montembeau or Primo would be perfect because Actually, any one of those goalies will be perfect because Allen only got one year after this, Primo only got one year after this, and Montebo's a free agent next season. So right. yeah. unless this whole signing Montebo is going to be a sign and trade type thing, um, and is Edmonton looking for long term goalie help, or are they looking for just now because we need a goddamn goalie with NHL right. experience to help back I up? I think it's a just now thing. I yeah. think it's just so. Now. So I think that's why maybe Montembeau and Primo are a little bit more interesting now because they're like, all right, they're cheap and we don't want them for long. So yeah. let's look at them. We're, we're right. We're Allen's contract is going to be a little bit more of a complicated deal if they want to, because uh, really Montreal holds the cards. You want this goalie, we're going to take money back, but we're going to choose what money we're getting back. So yeah. Right. It's dry sidle or nothing. Well, so far, um, Rodrigue, so far, Rodrigue has played three games. He's two and one. 
with a uh, with a 2.0 goals against average and a 942 save. In Edmonton. In Bakersfield, yeah. In Bakersfield, okay. Yeah. Pickard's also been there, but he just got his uh, he just got his call up, and at the time he had played four games, uh, two and two with a nine thirty nine save. So between the two of them, they were playing quite well. So, but they brought up the veteran guy instead of uh, Rodrigue. I can I can see why. And uh, so far since Campbell's been down there. He hasn't been playing very well. Let's just say that <laughs> eight nineteen save oh, wow. with a four point three six goals against average, and he is zero uh, three. So it's not going very well for for Campbell. I say Montreal resigns. Montreal resigns Subban. They ship him and Allen to to Edmonton for Drysaddle to complete the <laughs> trade that should have happened uh, back in the day. Yeah. Just this might get this. I'm just throwing that out there. If I were GM and Ken Holland, desperate as he is, I'd be saying, Hey, I got a veteran defenseman for you. His knees are shot, but <laughs> I tell you, he'll sell tickets. Yeah. All right. So to finish it off, some final thoughts. Um, uh, Trey, final thoughts. Why did the kid bring a ladder to school? Because he wanted to go to high school. That was bad. Very what bad. do you do when he could have just gotten get pe- weed? What do you do if you get peanut butter on a, your doorknob? Use a door jam. <laughs> okay. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what about you? Um, I don't know. Um, most of the jokes that I have in my head right now would probably get us off the air. Uh, so I'm not going to say them. Um, the only thing I'm just going to bring up, uh, some interesting, um, stats in, in, uh, in terms of prospects. I know you got to see Lane Hudson and Luke Tuck play, uh, when you were down in Boston, right? Uh, Lane Hudson right now, 14 points with eight goals in 11 games. Luke Tuck back to health, which is great to see. Um, he's got 13 points in 12 games with five goals and, um, in Boston college, Jacob Fowler, second round pick last year, um, who I believe is going to be the future in the net for the Canadians, uh, currently nine, two and one with Boston college with a shot out, uh, 2.14 goals against and a nine twenty six save in his first year, uh, in the NCAA. And then he's we played every game. Yeah, and then we look over. We look over to the Ontario Hockey League. Friend of the show, Cedric Gaydon, twenty-one points in twenty-one games with ten goals. Uh, Owen Beck just capped off a, I think, second hat trick of his season, both against Oshawa. Uh, he's got nineteen points in seventeen games with eleven goals. And Philip Mesher, since going down, um, and going to the Kitchener Rangers, who are a much better team than they were last year, he's got eighteen points in ten games. Uh, currently just on an absolute tear with that team. And uh, if you haven't seen Florian Jack, I went in to end the other night for Brantford and he's got 17 points with 10 goals in 18 games. So uh, Canadians prospects, they're putting the puck in the net. Uh, the uh, the help is on its way slowly, but surely. Um, but um, there's things to be excited about if you're a Canadians fan. So just, uh, just be, uh, just be calm. 
And speaking of prospects, that Russian goalie that they drafted last year, he's uh, on a tear. He's 29 and one or something like that in the MHL with like a 936 save percentage or something crazy. Yeah, like whatever that. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Here, that's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Quentin, Quentin Miller, his, he's eight and nine, but I think he has like a 920 save percentage for uh, Ramparts uh, with like a two something goals against average. So he's playing pretty, pretty well too for his first season as a Quebec's, starter. Quebec's got a weak team. So that yeah. means his, his numbers actually. Uh, should be higher if he was on a stronger team he would be yeah. lights out yeah he's, well, he's the like reason why they have the eight wins yeah he was like 20 and three or something like that last year when they were the the yep. memorial cup winning team but that's a backup uh, so for me i'm going to just keep my uh my final thoughts short uh, i want to thank everyone for tuning in i know we were gone for a little bit there i, I was away at sea trey and matt were working um so we're doing our best to be as regular as possible so i like i'd like to thank everyone for sticking with us for continuing to to interact with us online uh sending requests and emails and the whole thing the whole thing so thank you very much for listening and remember if you're talking about it so are we do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports marianne iveson from iveson voice and the let's take this outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world, and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.